Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. How's everybody feeling out there? Been too long since we've been together here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I am Brian Haydad. Got a smile on my face. I hope you do, too, wherever you are listening to us in our great state or wherever you are out there. So many ways to listen to Super Talk these days. Supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, the Supertalk app, and, of course, all of your Supertalk affiliates around this great state of ours that is wrapped in maroon and white after Thursday's uh, win in Oxford over the Ole Miss Rebels. The Golden Egg returns to Starkville. Do you, do you feel that? Do you feel that that lack of pressure in your chest? Where were you, you know, a week ago? You're just like, oh god, oh, please, please let state win. I can't. I just can't. Another year, I can't do it. I can't go on like this. And now it's just like breathe in the air. And you feel better about yourself, and you feel better about your football program for sure. Mike Leach got the monkey off his back. Uh, State's defense played a fun, phenomenal, to quote Ben Hallen, phenomenal game. And the Golden Egg is back in Starkville, and it feels like the momentum that State did not have these past two seasons. Really three seasons, even coming out of 2019 with State winning the Egg Bowl. You, you felt like Ole Miss was, was starting to, you know, with, you knew Lane Kiffin was going to get things going there. Then you, ha- you bring in Mike Lee. Then you bring in Mike Leach, and what'd you say, Rado? Did you say there's somebody on the phone for me? That's correct. Do you want to put him through? Who, who yeah, can... I, so I'm sorry to interrupt you waxing poetic, but there are two things that I need to say. Um, number one, congratulations yeah. on the win in the Egg Bowl six days ago. And number two... Happy birthday, big guy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Waited the whole show. The whole show, Rhino. I was like, surely my friend Richard Cross will say happy birthday to me. I had no but idea. I got it now. I am the I'll world's I appreciate worst that. at keeping up with people's birthdays. I had no idea. I'm happy to have a 50-year-old friend. Happy birthday, my buddy, 50, my friend. 50. 50. I was around when, when Houston Nutt was doing things 50 years ago. Thank you, Richard. Good I appreciate show. that. All right. Rhino, you had me go up there. I was like, who who is wanting to call me on this show? So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. And uh, I appreciate that. Um, anyway, getting back to our celebration here. It cannot be spoiled by Richard Cross. Um, you... Right now with Mississippi State, and we're going to talk in, in, the, in a little bit about 
some big news today for Mississippi State football. We're going to talk a little bit about Mississippi State football in 2023 because that is the year I've been pointing to for the past two years. That that's the up year in the cycle. When you listen to me talk about MSU football, it's about five-year cycles, and State should have three years where there are eight wins. Maybe they can get to nine. Maybe it goes to seven if things go bad. You have one year where maybe you're a little down at six or seven, and then you have the one year where you're up. The State missed that year in 2018. They missed that year in the cycle, and that has been a pain and a drag on Mississippi State fans. Next year is that year. 2023 is the year when you look at the roster and when you look at the schedule that Mississippi State fans are going to be able to point to and say that's going to be a big year. That should be a year where Mississippi State's in an access bowl. That's going to be a year where Mississippi State spends a lot of the year in the top 20. They should be preseason top 20 going into next year. And we got some big news on that front earlier today. We will talk about that in just a bit. But Thursday's game, first off, talk about not going according to plan. I don't think anybody saw the game playing out the way that it did where Mississippi State physically dominated Ole Miss defensively the entire game and really limited that Ole Miss running attack that had rushed for 500 yards, 463 the week before, to under under 100 yards total. 74 yards rushing on the ground for the Rebels. Zach Arnett had the correct game plan. And if State doesn't make some silly turnovers, and by State I mean Will Rogers. Will Rogers, not his best game. If Will Rogers had played his best game, State wins that game by three, four touchdowns. Instead, it was a close game. You get some revenge for 1997. After 25 years, a two-point conversion goes the other way. And you get to uh, to win in Oxford for, what, the third time in four tries? This The road team has had the advantage in this series lately. It's really weird for such a, 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 a you know, v- virulently hateful series. you think the home field advantage would be worth more. It is not in this series for whatever reason. Um, and now State's 8-4. and four. They're ranked in the top 25. They're ranked in the, uh, the college football playoff polls. They're awaiting a bowl bid. We'll talk about that later, much later, uh, about where I think they might be headed. And everything just feels like there's momentum for Mississippi State. And you couldn't say that a year ago. You know, Ole Miss was coming in with 10 wins and had won the Egg Bowl, and it felt like they, they, were, they were the movers and the shakers. Now Mississippi State can have that advantage for a year, and we'll see if they can build upon it. I think that they can because, like I said, I think next season is going to be a massive one for Mississippi State and for Mike Leach. And, you know, we make the jokes about Mike Leach and, you know, the, the, the process of, of, you know, building and getting better each year, but that's what he's done. They've gone from four to seven to eight. Now, offensively, this year, it's been more of a struggle. There's no question about that. There's no getting around that fact. But the only thing that matters at the end of the day is, is the score sheet. The only thing that matters is the ledger. Eight and four, better than seven and five. So right now, if you are someone who's still like, well, I just, I think Mike Leach, I, I don't want him here. I think he should be gone. I, I got to label you crazy at this point. It's time to get on board. It's time to, to jump on that bandwagon again. You know, we all made the jokes after the the second game of the Mike Leach tenure. We had the bandwagon video, which was great. It, was, it ended up not being very timely, but it is what it is. Now is the time to jump back on. You know, if you're not supporting Mike Leach at this point, as a Mississippi State fan, I look at you, I go, what do you want? 
I think you might have your expectations a little too high. Eight and four is a fantastic season in year three when you played Alabama and Georgia and LSU, which I mean you play two of those schools every year. But you you, you came into the season kind of thinking, man, you know, nine and three was the absolute ceiling. Say what you want about LSU and when you played them and what kind of team they were. It's still LSU. So State basically almost maxed out its potential. They had one bad loss. That's the Mike Leach experience. That's the roller coaster ride that we're all on. You know, you're going to have one bad loss, but you get one good win to go with it. That was Thursday. Well, Miss was a good team. You went to their house and you beat them. And you got the trophy back. And now you have some momentum. And now you have some breathing room as a program. What was this? What would this show have been like? What would the, what would the podcast be like? What would the entire offseason have been like the other way around with a loss? Heavy pressure. Now, everybody's in a good mood. You know, as to quote Jackie Sherrill, you've got that MSU coffee mug on your desk. You've got, the, you know, you're wearing that maroon and white out in public, and you're, you're, you know, that chest is poked out a little bit more. So that's good stuff. That's what needed to happen. That's, that's what rivalries are about. It's being able to, you know, be proud of your team. And when you see the other team's fan, you give them that little, that little hey, how's it going? And they know, and it's killing them inside. But what can they say? They lost. That's the beauty of, of college football and the beauty of rivalry games is, especially when, you know, these ones, you know, I, I always talk about Michigan, Ohio State. How, how, how intense can Michigan, Ohio State really be? If I live in Detroit, how many Ohio State fans do I see on a daily basis? I live in Starkville, the home of Mississippi State. I see Ole Miss fans all the time. And so now they get the little wry smile from me when I walk, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. If I see somebody in an Ole Miss sweatshirt, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, and you, I encourage you to do the same. And Ole Miss fans, hey, if you win next year, give it right back. That's that's the beauty of all this. It's all it's all so enjoyable. We've got to talk about Mississippi State football in 2023 because, my friends, the the path is set for an outstanding season for Mississippi State. The kind of season that Ole Miss had a year ago, if we're being totally honest, State can do that. They have the schedule. They have the roster. Just they, they just need the results. And they got two big pieces coming back next year. Those announcements were made. We will discuss them in great detail in just a few minutes. Plus, later in the show, we've got to talk hoops. This team is overachieving. They're fun to watch. They play really, really hard. The, the bench boss, as they're calling him, Chris Jans, we've got to talk about that team plus some bowl projections to wrap things up. Where should you be planning your holiday season? I'll let you know. This is Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning Live. 
here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss any of the show, just go to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. It's right there. I saw a lot of you guys uh, tweeting at me today. Your Spotify wrapped. It was Spotify rap day on uh on uh on, on Spotify, I guess I should say. <laughs> Where else would Spotify wrapped be? I don't know the answer to that. Do you, Rhino, do you do do you do Spotify? Do you, did you do that today? I do it, but I, I never do it enough to, to really get the wrapped. I got you. I got you. My number one uh, musician was WWE. I listened to a lot of WWE music. Like when I when I like to get myself fired up from the show with a head of the table. If you know it, you understand. But anyway, a lot of you guys are tweeting me that they, you've listened to a lot of podcasts, including one guy. I'm not making this up right now. So according to the podcast wrapped, we recorded 9,546 minutes of podcast in 2022, or in this in this year. And this gentleman listened to 9,545 minutes. He skipped one minute. He was so close to perfect attendance. I don't know why he, he didn't do it. Oh, anyway. It was four you guys who texted me and tweeted me. The skip forward button. I, I know, man. I know. So, uh, yeah. Appreciate you guys tuning in. It, it's all y'all. Uh, it, we definitely enjoy doing it, but it, we wouldn't do it. We couldn't do it without you. All right. Let's talk about 2023. Let's, you know, we, we're, we're looking ahead. You know, Richard was getting on me. He's like, you're talking about the past with the Egg Bowl. Like an Ole Miss fan can't talk about the past. What are we doing with our lives? Next season. Should and we're still early. We got a long way to go. We got a lot to do, but should be a special year for Mississippi State. It starts with the schedule: eight home games in 2023, including from a season. If you're talking about a season ticket perspective, you got the best three home games you get every year. Every year, every other year, State gets Ole Miss, LSU, and Alabama at home. So that's a great season tickets package. You also are going to add uh, non-conference games. You know, Southeast Louisiana, Western Michigan, Southern Miss. Southern Miss is an attractive game. And Arizona coming in, a Pac-12 team. So you've got two not attractive non-conference games. So you, know, you think about SEC, you think about season tickets, sometimes you buy that and you're just like, gosh, you know, there's like two games I want to go to. This might have been a year like that. We're just like, text, you know, I want to go to the Georgia game and, you know, one of the A&M, Arkansas, Auburn games, but other rest of them, yeah. Not next year. You know, you want to go to LSU, you want to go to Alabama, you want to go to the Egg Bowl, obviously. Kentucky is Kentucky, but then you have you know Arizona's a team. I mean, when are they ever going to come back? That's worth coming to see. And then Southern Miss, that'll be a good crowd as well. And Southern will bring a good bit of fans, I think, as well from Hattiesburg. So that's eight home games right off the bat. That's a great start. And then your road games are all toss-up games. They're all games where you feel like you can win. Arkansas, you beat them this year. Auburn, you've won two straight. Texas A&M, you've won two straight. And then you're at South Carolina. You replace Georgia with South Carolina. I know Carolina's building up a little bit. They look like a good program, look like a program on the rise. But it's just not a game where you're just going to say, ah, oh, State has no chance, right? On that schedule, there's only one game where at this moment in time I would say, ah, it's, it's not likely. It's not going to happen. That's Alabama. Even LSU, they win the West, but State has been so competitive with them over the past, you know, eight, nine years. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Offensively, you just bring back so much. Rogers back, Marks and Johnson back, uh, Griffin, Ra Ra, Rufus Harvey, Justin Robinson back. Four of your five starters on the offensive line are back. The only one you lose is LaQuinston Sharp, who's a good one. But that's the only one you lose. Defensively, you have some questions, right? You're going to lose some players, but you got two 
massive, massive players coming back as of today. Announced today that Buki Watson and Jaden Crumley will return for their COVID years uh, in 2023. That is huge. If you watch Mississippi State before Crumley was back and, and after, the difference was really noticeable with him. Really noticeable. That defense got a lot better with Jaden Crumley out there the last four games than it was before. There's just no question about that. And then with Buki Watson, that's the SEC's leading tackler. You always want to return a guy like that. State will return the SEC's top two of the top three leading tacklers in the conference with him and Jet Johnson. Jet Johnson also coming back for his COVID year. Colin Duncan planning to be back for his COVID year. Nathan Pickering planning to be back for another year. Those are those are huge pieces to this defense. DeCamrian Richardson will be back. Now you're going to have to go into the portal, find you a couple, maybe find you a safety or two. Wouldn't hurt to go out and find a true pass rusher. You just don't have that guy. You don't have a guy, a defensive end who can put his hand in the ground and go get you seven, eight sacks. Tyrus Wheat was that guy, but you know you got to replace him too. I think that'll either be Deshaun Page. Maybe they move Buki over there. Maybe a guy like John Lewis. The the I guess he's now a, he'll be a sophomore next year from Germantown High School. Could be could be that guy. Could Ty Cooper. Who was Mississippi's Mr. Football a couple years ago from Louisville? Could he be that guy? You got some options there, some young guys, but Crumity and Watson back is just such a massive thing. The only thing that could have been bigger for State is if Forbes were to say he was coming back, and I, I just don't see that happening. Forbes is a, almost a lock to be a day two pick in the NFL draft. The way he's played this year, he just needs to bulk up a little bit. But the numbers are just—they're just too good to pass up on Emmanuel Forbes. I don't see any thoughts about that. Uh, we got a text here from Bubba in Starkville. We talk about Luke Altmeyer, not in Starkville. I, I just don't see him coming to Starkville. Uh, Luke is going to probably go and try to find a spot where he has a much better chance of of being the starter. It's going to be tough to unseat Rodgers. You know, we've talked a little bit about the state might need to go into the portal just to add a little competition, maybe find somebody who's a little bit more of a dual threat, and and they, I think they should try. But getting somebody like that is going to be incredibly difficult. And I don't think Altmeyer wants to come into a situation that would be just like the one he was just in, where, you know, he would not be the favorite to be the starter. I think Luke Altmeyer is a great young quarterback. I think he's going to have a lot of good options uh, to ply his talent somewhere. I just don't think it's going to be in, in, in Starkville. I just don't. State will be definitely be active in the portal. Looking at, you know, positions of need. I said defensive end, safety and corner. If you can find someone there, although you you know Marcus Banks back for another year, who was the transfer from Alabama a year ago, didn't play much, but it's because he was behind Emmanuel Forbes. You also have the JUCO kid, uh, DeCarlos Nicholson, who was a great special teams player for you this year. Maybe he can he can get into that corner role. You have two other transfers who didn't play very much this year: Hunter Washington from Florida State, Jordan Morant from Michigan. They could be called upon to be a play a bigger role at safety. Corey Ellington is a uh, a player that we talked about a lot coming out of fall camp, coming out of preseason camp. Thought he was going to have a much bigger role to play. It didn't pan out, but I, you know, I've seen enough of him in practice to know that he's got some talent. So he could be a guy that you see in the safety. They also need to go into the portal for a kicker. You know, Biscardi gone, Rabin gone. They've got to find another guy there. And then offensively, the only thing I would look at in the portal, you know, quarterback aside, is can you get a legit game-breaker wide receiver? You've got a lot of good guys there. Ra-Ra Thomas continues to get better. I think we see Tulu Griffin move into the slot this year, so he and Rufus Harvey and Jaden Wally 
That's as good as uh, a trio of slot receivers as you're going to find in the SEC. I think Justin Robinson's the other outside guy. You've got guys there. You, you don't you don't need to go just find guys for depth. You've got plenty of that. I haven't even mentioned guys like Xavier Thomas, who you know you can see his game breaking ability, and then Marquez Dortch, who was a really highly rec- recruited kid a year ago from George County. You could see him. State's got some young freshmen coming in that 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 I like. But if you could go out and find an alpha dog receiver, if there's somebody like that in the portal, if you want to put sort of a a, a comparison. If you could find a guy like Ole Miss got in Zach Evans at, at the running back position, if you could find a wide receiver like that, go grab him. That's that's what you should be looking for offensively when we're talking about the transfer portal from Mississippi State. So they've, they've still got some spots to fill. It's not a done deal, but they bring back a lot. That uh, that that schedule looks very favorable. Right now, you know, we're a long way out. We got a long way to go. I'm not I'm not trying to jump jump too far ahead. But if you said make me an SEC, a re, way too early SEC West prediction, third, which before anybody says, well, that's ridiculous, hey, guess what they are this year? They're third. Third in the West. So why couldn't they do it again? And next year could be a year where third in the West might mean something like, you know, five and three, six and two. You'll know, definitely have LSU and Alabama fighting it out up top, I would think. But State could be there, they'd be that next team down. For sure. I think, you know, especially if State wins their bowl game, and that bowl game is important. It's important. If they win that bowl game and they're 9-4, and four, they should finish the season in the top 20, maybe 18th, maybe 17th. And then next year you should come in around that spot when the preseason polls come out, and you sort of go from there. Next year might be a year where, <gasps> I know, gasp. Mississippi State gets a little preseason respect. We'll see. Altmeyer's going to Southern Miss. Could. He could go to Southern Miss. That would be a good spot for him. But again, you know, that's a quarterback battle, I would think, with the guys they have down there. So we'll see. We'll see where, where, where Luke ends up. I certainly wish him well. Good startable kid. All right, when we come back, it's basketball time. Let's talk about this squad. They are overachieving, and they've got a chance to put themselves in good position in these next couple weeks. Back in just a minute, this is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino's down there in Studio X. He makes sure everything runs right. He's the Zach Arnett of this, this show. I get all I get all the uh, the uh, the acclamation. He does the dirty work and, and actually makes it work for us. So thank you, Rhino. I always appreciate you. Uh, I was at the hump Monday night for hoops. Let me tell you about this Mississippi State basketball team. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Way ahead of schedule, I'll tell you that. And 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 they have a flaw. 
Don't get me wrong. This team has a flaw. And unfortunately, it's not a flaw like, uh, well, you know, they, they turn the ball over a little too much or, so, you know, uh, they don't block a lot of shots. It's, they really can't score. They can't score. They, they, they struggle scoring the basketball. But, and when you talk to Chris Jans, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of emphatic about this. They believe the offense will come. And I tend to, to agree with that. And I'll tell you why. Nobody is playing major college basketball right now, for the most part. Maybe maybe one in a hundred. That wasn't a good score in high school, right? That's how you get noticed. You put the ball in the hoop. Nobody's going and, and scouting guys and saying, "Well, he doesn't score very much, but he doesn't." Nobody's doing that. Even guys who become role players, who become great defenders and, and things like that in college, in high school they were averaging twenty points a game, for the most part. So these guys have it in them. You know, I know DJ Jeffries is a guy I know he can shoot. Shaq Moore, I know he can shoot. And they played, you know, uh, Monday night without their, their two point guards. They, 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 John Davis and Jamel Horton not in the game. Injuries. They they Jan said they hope to evaluate them today, as as I recall. Could play Saturday, but more than likely you might not see them again until next Sunday, which is a, a monster game for Mississippi State. Defensively, though. This team, it, it, it's it's so early. It's very early. I get that. But they're seven games in, and they haven't given up more than 60 points in any game. Last week in the uh, Fort Myers uh, tournament they were in, they held Marquette to 55 points. That's Marquette. They're coached by Shaka Smart, good basketball coach. 55 points, State gets the win. Last night, Marquette beat Baylor, the number six team in the country, and scored 96 points. Now, I am not a huge fan of the transitive property. I don't believe you can use it every day. But that is noteworthy, and that's a great win for State's resume. Marquette winning on a neutral floor against the number six team in the country. Huge pop for State's postseason resume if we get to that point. There's not... In my opinion, there may not be a guy in the South who covers college basketball, who pays attention to it as much as Gary Parrish does from CBS Sports. Has a sports show, uh, has his own show in Memphis uh, on the radio up there. Every week he does his own top 25. He had stayed at 21. And his, his reasoning was this. He's like, he was wanting to rank Marquette. He's like, I can't rank Marquette if I don't rank Mississippi State. So State at 21. They're also getting some votes in the AP poll. We asked Coach Jans about that after the game. He's like, look, it's important. You know, those are the kind of things that publicize your program. You know, we want positive publicity. We want people talking about Mississippi State basketball, which, by the way, Coach, if you you need to talk about Mississippi State basketball, I'm right here every week, Wednesday, 6 to 7, the the floor is yours. I, I won't even show up. You can have the whole show. I'll still get paid. That'll be our dirty little secret. But you can talk for an hour. I'll let you go. Recruit. I don't care. This team is kind of fun to watch, though. Uh, if you're, a, especially if you're an old guy like me, and you know, ah, the NBA, they don't have any defense. I know that's not a true story. The NBA has plenty of defense. But if you're one of those guys, this team is right up your alley, man. Every game with them is like a street fight. Now, you talk about punch you in the mouth. They They don't give up anything. They are after every loose ball, every pass is contested, every shot is contested. 
they got some guys out there that they, they like making it ugly. They've turned ugly into an art form at Mississippi State with this basketball team seven games in. And these next two games are very interesting. Now, now on Saturday, you play Mississippi Valley, and you know I hate to disparage our in-state uh, institutions, but Mississippi Valley is not a very good basketball program. You should win that game and win it easily. Then you play Minnesota. Now, Minnesota currently not a great team resume-wise. I think they were like 153 in Ken Palm. If you recall a year ago, State played Minnesota here in Starkville and did not play well, never led in the game, and Minnesota, who ended up not being a tournament team, got the win here in Starkville. And if you go back, and I'm not saying that I was right or anything, but if you go back, that's about the time I was just like, I don't know about this team. I don't know. I know they don't have to. They they were missing Tolu Smith at that point. I was like, I just I just don't know. And then that's how it played out. That team ended up not being very good. So I think it's a big deal to go up to Minnesota and get the win. And then you're nine and zero. You have I think three games after that. You play Jackson State down there in the Mississippi Coliseum. Um, you have the game with Drake. It's called the Battle of the Vault. That game will be played in Omaha. And then there's one more, and I, I you'll have to forgive me. I don't have the schedule up in front of me. I guess I could get it, but I am I am still on the Hale State uh, page here as it is. But I think yeah, it's, it's twelve non conference. Yeah, they play uh, Nichols Nichols State on on Saturday, December seventeenth. So they have five non conference games remaining: Mississippi Valley, Minnesota at Minnesota, Jackson State in Jackson. State will be the home team for that game, but it is played at the Mississippi. It played in the, state, the city of Jackson. Nichols State in Starkville, and then Drake, again, on a uh, neutral court. That's in Lincoln, Nebraska, not Omaha, my mistake. And then you start conference play on Wednesday, December 28th, 8 p.m. tip with Alabama. Alabama just beat North Carolina uh, last week. Nate Oates still getting it done over there. Then the 3rd of January, you're at Tennessee, and then circle it. Oh, here he goes. Oh, rent-free, talking about Ole Miss again. Yeah, I'm going to. January 7th, 1 o'clock tip, Starkville, CBS Sports Television, Mississippi State Ole Miss. Howland, every single time. I know Jason, Jason in, in, in Arizona, is, is, he's about to, to, to flip out. because so we're going to talk about every single time State had some momentum in basketball, they'd play that first game against Ole Miss, and Howland would squander it. Every time! It was you could set your clock to it. If I had bet against State in the first game against Ole Miss of the series every time, I I, I would be rich. I'd have cross money. So that's a huge game. I mean, I, State, yeah, they might lose to Alabama, lose on the road to Tennessee. That, that'll be tough to be zero and two. But winning that game with Ole Miss gets people in, gets people on the bandwagon a little bit. I think that would be a good crowd especially. And if you could somehow split, if you could beat one of those two conference games and say maybe you lose one, because I think really in, in reality they should only lose one non-conference game at this point. If they lose at Minnesota, eh, the game at Drake is going to be tough. Drake's a good team. I mean, I'm not saying to, to start making plans for March Madness or anything like that, but... They're better than I thought. They're better than I thought. And so, here you are. This is fun. It's fun to be good at basketball again. Good basketball in the state of Mississippi. Bubba and Starbuck against the Dutch State played USM. USM is 8-0. They didn't win eight games last year. Ole Miss has been pretty good. 
uh, in basketball this year. I think they lost uh, last week to Oklahoma, but it's Oklahoma. You know? So there you go. Man, it is true. Mississippi State fans want to talk want to do is talk about Ole Miss. It's very rare that I ever hear Ole Miss fans talking down on Mississippi State. I always hear Mississippi State fans talking down about Ole Miss. You don't hang out with the same Ole Miss fans that I do, I guess. Must be nice. Somebody asking, we agree State is better than Ole Miss. And this is from Sports Talk. They won the game, didn't they? Yes, but Ole Miss was the better team all year, right? Were they? Or did they just play an easier schedule? I don't know. You tell me. What do the results tell us? State and Ole Miss played basically the same schedule this year. They played four winnable non-conference games. They were 4-0. Six of their conference games were against the same teams. They split those 3-3. Three and three. Ole Miss played Vanderbilt. State played Georgia. 1-0, 0-1. They played each other. State wins. Who was the better team? You tell me. It's almost like Mississippi State fans have a complex. Sort of, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm done. I'm done with that one. Feels like it's just going to go down a path that I don't feel like dealing with. Mississippi State basketball, though, that's a path I'm going to deal with. I'm looking forward to seeing more of this team. I think they can, they will improve throughout the season. I think that they are going to continue to get better. I'm interested to see what they do in, in conference play because you can't just score 60 points. You can't rely on your defense. Those guys can shoot. They have athletes. They're going to to be able to put the ball in the basket when you play SEC teams. But the effort's great right now. And I would definitely think Chris Jans would tell you he's probably a little bit ahead of schedule. So we'll see. All right, when we come back, bowl prediction. Poll pro, it's a combination of predict, predictions and projections. Projections. We'll do that when we come back. Where should you be planning for, to spend the holidays with Mississippi State? I'll tell you. It's Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss a minute of this show, it's always available on the Super Talk or on the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. And of course, on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi podcast feed, you can get the whole Sports Talk Mississippi show, all uh, two hours and I think it's 24 minutes. Those guys, we'll give Will East a little credit here. He cuts all the, the ads out. So it's just straight listening to Sports Talk. They've, they've done a great, great job of condensing that down. We got a lot of great podcasts here on Sports Talk, on, on, on this uh, network, on Super Talk. You got the Rebel Report with what Michael Borky, got the Eagle Hour with uh, my friend Luke Johnson. I, I apologize for not knowing his co host name. I do apologize. But if you're a state fan, if you're a Southern fan, if you're an Ole Miss fan, we've got you covered. Oh, and it's all free. Did I, did I happen to mention that? You don't have to, you don't have to pay for any of our, our, our content here at Super Talk. It's, it's on us. Don't you worry about that. We got you taken care of. Call it a Christmas gift. Happens all the time. 
Bowl games. Time, time to talk about them. It's so funny. Again, you know, we talk about the Egg Bowl, and, and you know, a, a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, could they, are they going to go back to Liberty Bowl? Will they go to Birmingham? Where were they going? Now it's a whole new world. We can open up to Florida and talk about that. I think the prohibitive favorite right now is for State to go to the Gator Bowl uh, in uh, in Jacksonville. Now, you may have uh, maybe be familiar with the Gator Bowl with MSU's appearances there in 2010, 2012, and 2017. Four times in 12 years is a lot to go to, to one bowl. I do know that. Um, but the, the way that the bowls are set up this year and the way that the SEC is going to send teams to bowls, basically LSU's loss to Texas A&M kind of screwed Mississippi State out of going to Tampa or possibly Orlando. Um, and so Jacksonville feels like the spot. That's probably the the, the, the betting favorite. We were talking, you know, to our friends at the uh, the sports book at Timeout Lounge over at the Golden Moon. We would be saying, you know, minus three hundred, minus two fifty on this one. I think the next one to look at is probably the one in Tampa, the Outback Bowl. Again, I think State might have ended up there if LSU had not lost. LSU losing really spiraled things for the SEC. Because LSU was in a position where even if they lost the SEC championship game, they probably would have stayed in the Access Bowl picture, and the SEC could have had four teams in. They would have had Georgia in the playoff, Alabama in the Sugar, uh, Tennessee in the Orange, and uh, LSU would have probably gone to like the Cotton or the Fiesta or something like that, even, even with that loss. Now, by them losing, they're likely to have four losses. They're not getting in with a, with a loss to Georgia. Then you have, and I mentioned this briefly on Sports Talk, the Rose Bowl looks like they don't want Ohio State. They've had Ohio State the past couple of years. They're ready for some new blood. They want Penn State. That would push Ohio State to the Orange Bowl, which pushes Tennessee to the Cotton Bowl. It's a lot of movement here. LSU to the Citrus Bowl, where South Carolina was probably going to go. Now South Carolina is probably going to drop down to Tampa. The problem with South Carolina is sort of the same thing with State and Jacksonville. They've been to Tampa so many times. The Outback Bowl in, in South Carolina. It's not the, I'm sorry. Sorry, let's let's clean up that verbiage. It's not the Outback Outback Bowl anymore. It's the ReliaQuest Bowl, because people know what that is. Anyway, the bowl in Tampa. South Carolina has been there a lot over the past decade. They would like a change of scenery. You could see a situation where State ends up in Tampa, and and South Carolina takes Jacksonville. Even though the Outback Bowl is a higher has a higher visibility. Again, again, and I bring this up all the time. In the SEC's eyes, these bowls, this bowl tier is all the same. Texas, Liberty, Music City, uh, ReliaQuest, uh, uh, the Gator Bowl, uh, missing one. I don't think Las Vegas is in that tier. I could be wrong. But they, they consider them all the same, even though the payouts are the same. And then we all know that the, there's a difference between going to the, the bowl in Tampa and going to the bowl in Memphis. It's just different. I think Texas is sort of the last resort bowl for state if, if they can't figure anything else out. I've been told that the Las Vegas Bowl would like to get Mississippi State. They would like to match up uh, Mike Leach with a potential Pac-12 opponent, possibly even Washington State if they could make that happen. But state is not interested in Las Vegas. And I know a lot of their fan, your fans might be like, oh, God, I'd love to go to Vegas. I mean, eight days before Christmas, four days before early signing day, that's just a bad spot. If that game was after Christmas, I think everybody would be for it. 
But before Christmas and before early signing day, I mean, you're costing yourself an official visit weekend. If you have that, it's just it's just it's just difficult. It's just a difficult situation for Mississippi State. I say they're going to end up in Jacksonville. I'm not telling you to book a hotel room yet. Let's wait until Sunday to do that. But it feels pretty confident. All right, I'm going to go eat hibachi. That's my birthday treat tonight. I'm going to go eat hibachi and sushi. I'm a big fan. Hope you guys have a great week. Of course, I'll be back on Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. We go a little deeper into 2023 and what I think that's going to look like with me and Robbie Falk. A lot to talk about on that. Guys, have a great night. I'll be back with you very, very soon here on Thunder and Lightning Live. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.